Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth, drafting the circuits, three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Good evening. Today is December 15th, 2016. It's 8 p.m., which means Oscar Mike Radio is on. And I am Travis, your host, and thank you for joining me. I'm going to start, as I usually do, with the question of the week. And the question of the week was, in light of the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor, Will we ever get attacked like that ever again? Well, I don't know. That's the short answer. I I have no idea. I don't think anybody thought we were going to get attacked like we did for uh, 9-11. Excuse me. But we did. What I can say is the likelihood of us getting completely surprised by an international force is highly unlikely. You know, satellite coverage, you know, sonar, radar, advanced early warning systems, other things that go on in the world make it difficult now for large groups of people to move from point A to point B to attack somebody. There's just, you know, too much to give away. So, surprise attack, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Now that that's not to say that someone won't try to initiate some kind of you know, terrorist attack uh, or maybe try to hit a high-value target somewhere. But as far as, you know, something like Pearl Harbor, I find that remote, if not impossible, which I shouldn't say, but I just, I just think it's not, not possible at this time. That does not mean, again, it does not mean that, you know, in the age of asymmetric warfare and terrorist cells and other things that a small, when I say small, I mean 100 people can't plan a devastating attack somewhere. But what I will say is, again, that, that you know, an international force moving a lot of, you know, assets from point A to point B to surprise us is not going to happen. So that is my humble opinion. And that's how I'm going to answer the question of the week. And the word, the word passed down all around in the military 
is about John Glenn, a true American hero, somebody that I looked up to in school growing up, husband, father, Marine, senator, advocate for uh, his fellow man. I just want to take this episode and dedicate it to him, his accomplishments, what he meant to me, and the example he set. I'm not going to bore you with all the biography, but you know, long story short, he was born in uh, July 18th, 1921. Went to uh, school in Ohio when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. He you know, quit and joined the U.S. Army Air Corps. The, that was what was now called the Air Force at the time. There was no true Air Force in World War II. It was all done uh, by the Army, uh, Navy, and Marine Corps. And, you know, he bounced around from there to the Navy and then was in the Marine Corps and flew in World War II. Flew in the Korean War. A little bit of trivia, he flew with Ted Williams of the Boston Red Sox at the time. And just a quick note, think about it. You're a Major League Baseball player. And you leave your team, you leave your contract behind to go fly in a, a, a theater of operations where you can be killed. Because people were dying in the Korean War conflict. And then you come back. I'm not saying that there aren't uh, people that wouldn't do that now, but it's very rare. And it happened all the time back then. And while he was in the Marine Corps, they needed people to uh, participate in the space program. And he made the cut. If, if you want to get an idea of what went into all that, I, I can't recommend highly enough, even though it's an older movie, is a movie called The Right Stuff, where they detail, you know, pretty accurately according to everything I read on IM. Uh, DB and other uh, you know film sources. That film really got the historical context uh, right about the uh, Air Force, the space program, Chuck Yeager, the whole nine yards. And it was one of the first movies I got to watch on a VCR uh, with my grandfather and my dad. And it was cool. And Ed Harris does a really good job of playing John Glenn. So if you have time and want to check it out, that is a great movie to check out. Uh, about the space program and really makes these guys human. And speaking of human, you know, you go to the NASA uh, profile on John Glenn, and I'll have the link to that profile in the OscarMikeRadio.com blog for um, this podcast. And it's a picture of uh, John Glenn. He has his flight suit on, his Ray-Bans, his little buzz cut they all wore back then, and his Chuck Taylors. I mean, how cool is that? You know, here's the guy who is dealing with the rigors of space. He's flown in combat multiple times, and he's just sitting there chilling between you know operations and his chucks and his flight suit. And I'm just thinking, man, that's just—I don't care. It's, it's an old photo, but it just screams badass to me. I, I really like it, and I really think it embodies what kind of person he was. Because he went into to do this at 40 years old. 
And as we all know, I mean, some things don't work as fast or smoothly at 40 like they used to, uh, to at 20. And, you know, he didn't have a college degree when he went into the space program. He had some college credits, but he did not have his degree. I mean, I just think that's cool, too, because, you know, I have some college credits, but I don't have my degree. And not that I could ever... I don't know, maybe I could, I don't know, but in, in, in fancy land, sure, Travis goes to space. That's probably highly unlikely at this point in my life, but I think it's cool that, you know, with everything they had going on, they picked a guy who, who didn't have all the academic pedigree, and he got the job done. And that job, one of the things that he did, he's the first human to do this. He was not the first human in space, but he was the first human being to orbit the Earth in a space capsule and re-enter. And, you know, they go through that uh, in, in the movie. You can read all about it, how, how special it was. Uh, it was it was a great time. It was uh, an absolutely just badass. And again, you know, I think it's really awesome because, again, the... The, the capsules, the equipment they had were, were, were basic stuff. I mean, they were punch cards and, and, and tape reels. And, and again, I mean, you know, your iPhone, you know, my computer, my little laptop here has more computing power on board than some of the things they use to get these astronauts in and out of space. I mean, it's just amazing. And so he was with the, the uh, space program for a very long time. In 1998, he becomes the oldest man to go into space. He was 77 years old, I believe. Uh, I remember that because it was around the same time. It was right after George Herbert Walker Bush uh, did his parachute jump in Yuma, Arizona, where I was stationed with the Army Golden Knights. You know, he made a jump. And that was a big deal. And John Glenn does his thing. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, I was newly married back then. I'm like, hmm. Just, just how did these guys get the permission from their wives to do this? Now I know you got the former president of the United States doing his thing, and John Glenn going back into space. But still, I mean, that's a hard sell. I don't care who you are or how long you've been married. That's a hard sell to a wife who's been with you for, you know, 20, 30 plus years that, hey, I'm, I'm going to go into space, honey, or I'm going to jump out of an airplane. I mean, I'd like to know how that was sold or what was promised in exchange for approval because I just don't think a wife would be very cool with that, for lack of a better term. She would probably have some things to say about, you know, the fact that that's just not a good idea. But they did it anyway. And, and the thing was, when uh, John Glenn at nine, uh, not nine, yeah, at seventy-seven went into space, is, you know, NASA used a lot of the the time he was in space to test the effects on, you know, zero gravity on the human body, on, you know, the the, the rockets, you know, the G forces throwing him into space and, and coming back into, you know, atmosphere and gravity. You know, that was all recorded and, and measured and, and data was collected, you know, for the future. So I guess the lesson for me is it doesn't matter how old I am or how old you are. 
you know, if you're willing to put yourself out there, you can still, at whatever age you are, or what condition you're in, you can still have value. You can still be of use. It's just because your quote old close quote doesn't mean you don't have any value. And so, you know, I was very motivated by that because, you know, trying new things when you're older. I'm, I'm telling you what. I mean, just if I may. You know, I'm trying this crocheting thing because I, you know, in previous episodes I talk about Jill St. Jake's and crocheting, um, you know, hats and gloves and blankets for veterans. So I picked it up and I'm like, this is crazy. This is hard. But it's gotten easier the more I force myself to do it. So I can't imagine, that can't compare to, you know, being 77 and, and you know, going in a space shuttle to go into space and do you know, space work and come back down. And, you know, he didn't go in the space shuttle originally. He was in a rocket with a capsule on it and, you know, got put into space, a capsule detached, and it went around the Earth, orbited the Earth, and he re-entered. So he had to learn all new processes and procedures and, and, and you know, things again. And I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, man, this, this is just so cool. Just a cool individual. And I'm not sure that uh, I'm in my lifetime going to have the the privilege to to look up to somebody like that again. And, and I'm not taking anything away from astronauts who who do it now, of course not. But again, you know, John Glenn was one of the first. John Glenn was a Marine. You know, John Glenn was was one of us as far as I'm concerned. He was a brother. And so, you know, it's it's with a heavy heart that I'm talking about this. It's kind of funny. I mean, well, not kind of funny. It's it's ironic, if you will. That's the word I'm looking for, that, you know, Pearl Harbor, which I talked about last week, was one of the things that, you know, propelled John to go into the military. And I'm thinking about it, you know, what if Pearl Harbor hadn't happened? Would John Glenn have joined the military, or would he have just gone into school, gotten his education, his degree, and done something like, you know, be a civil engineer or work for the Army Corps of Engineer. I don't know. But it's kind of ironic that a, that a terrible event like Pearl Harbor propelled this young man to going into the military and becoming an astronaut. I think it's a very, uh, it's, it's a very ironic paradoxical thing, if you will. But from that, we, we get this, this human being who gave so much back to us as a nation, gave us hope, gave us pride, you know, sitting there. And yeah, I mean, this is back in the days of library books and encyclopedias. I know kids now, you know, have Google and Bing and their iPhones. But back in the day, if I wanted to find something out, I'd go to the local library and check out the book and read it. And I, I just obsessed over all this stuff. I loved it. Uh, I love the right stuff movie. I thought it was it was it was cool. These were these were guys doing great things, and, and so I really you know appreciated and 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 followed and respected his life. If you get a chance to see uh, Hidden Figures, which is about the three black men who worked for NASA during that time, you'll see the story, and it's true how they were doing the computations. For all the the rockets and the entry and, and you know deacceleration, 
and it came to the point where you know they could choose to use the computers that they had just built or these three black women and John Glenn said no I want these three women who have been right so far to keep uh, doing what they're doing I'm not flying space without their uh, brain power behind this thing and it would have been easy in some cases for him to say no I'll, I'll take the computer information no problem but he wanted these women to you know do this for them and just kind of dovetails into the next part of his life when he got out of uh, NASA which was being a senator from Ohio he's a Democrat and his big thing was advocacy for uh, the elderly and senior citizens uh, a lot of the, the bills that he authored and and advocated for were about elder care and elder law which as I get older and talk to you know older Marines who uh, and older you know, veterans who are playing the final stages of their life you realize that there's a real need to have um, you, you know good laws that protect the elderly so they don't get taken advantage of in this day and age there's still people that will you know do the wrong thing at the wrong time and so it was it was with a heavy heart that uh, the word came down that he had in fact passed and I, I thought about it and thought about it you know how I'm, how am I going to articulate this you know NASA is not what it once was a lot of the funding's been cut you know we talk about doing things with space but not really we have a lot of problems here at home if we go to Mars or another planet, it's going to require, I think, us working with different nations to make that happen. It's going to be very hard for us to uh, shoulder that load alone. So, in a way, I felt it was the end of an era, but it is with the absolute most uh, highest degree of respect and honor that I extend my uh, condolences to the Glenn family. And, you know, as long as I'm alive, there will always be a place in my heart for John Glenn and, you know, those space pioneers. And I would encourage you, if you can find on Amazon or uh, Netflix, if they have the right stuff on there. Yeah, it's an older movie. It's from the 1980s. But I would really tell you to, to take the two hours to sit down and watch it because you will learn a whole lot about you know how we got started in in space and the guys behind it these weren't perfect men by any means and the women behind them weren't perfect either but you know they loved america they loved flying they loved being uh, pioneers and explorers and you know do yourself a favor and and you know see a part of our history that is uh going away so with the utmost degree of respect, uh, rest in peace, John Glenn. And that is the word of the week for Oscar Mike Radio. Army mule, army mule, you can buck and you can bray, but football you cannot play. This week's unit shout out goes out to the Army football team who last Friday, December 10th, beat Navy. Yes, they beat Navy for the first time in 14 years. I mean... That's a long losing streak. They beat them 21 to 17. And in this case, in this game, they uh, proved that 
the Army Mule can, absolutely, most definitely, can play football. So I always cheer for Navy for obvious reasons. And in the uh, Marine Corps, we'd make fun of the Army guys, you know, in their little song. But I uh, can't anymore. It was a good game, very exciting to watch. And um, I, I'm going to tell my fellow Army dog faces to uh, enjoy it because we're coming back next year. And we're going to lay the smack down on you guys, and it'll be another 14, maybe it'll be 28 years before we win their football game. And uh, I just like how much attention this game got and how pumped up people were for it. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, a lot of civilians were asking me about it, which I think is a good thing. You know, these are some really uh, bright kids who uh, play this game and who go to these schools. I mean, to be in, you know, West Point and, uh, you know, uh, Annapolis is not a small achievement. It is a big deal to get into one of these schools and go through the four years as a cadet in either one. So, you know, they're all winners. They really all are. It's a grueling process to to get in to to maintain the standards to become a midshipman or a cadet so hats off to both teams but in this case like I said before army 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 can play and they did so hats off to you guys enjoy it because next year we're gonna lay the smack down on you all and that is my unit shout out for the week go army Yuck, I can't believe I just said that. Ugh. All right. Now on to some upcoming events. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on for Christmas for Veterans. Uh, too many to list here, but what I will do is I will update the blog with some links to activities in the greater Boston area and nationally. If you want to do something for a veteran or active duty service member there are plenty of things to do i also want to give a shout out to mark vital and sweats for vets go to sweats the number four vets.com to see how you can help mark is raising money and collecting sweatshirts for veterans in the new england area uh, homeless veterans that's a very important cause and we want to make sure that he hits his goal of 1,100 sweatshirts this year. So go and check that out. But one of the things that's come up for veterans at the Brockton VA that's close by is a kayaking class. And it's my understanding that on Wednesdays, they're going to have a kayaking class at the Brockton VA campus. That is uh, Wednesdays, 5 to 7 p.m., at building 23 and for more information or to sign up you can call Jenny McLaughlin at 774-826-1955 or email Jenny period McLaughlin at VA.gov that is J-E-N-N-Y period McLaughlin M.C. Laughlin as you will at va.gov for more information. Uh, I think it's a very good thing to do for uh, veterans. Kayaking is a is something that you can do on any kind of waterway and relax and explore and have a good time. 
And I just want to say, you know, this spring they're going to have a lot of events at the Brockton VA. Uh, they have soccer teams, kids' soccer teams playing. The vets come out. You can go for walks there or rollerblades. So it's 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 a place where you can come and enjoy some green space and also get to see some veterans. It's a good thing. So I know that uh, we have Christmas and the end of the year coming up. Uh, remember that we have active duty service members deployed worldwide right now and we have you know veterans who need help and homeless veterans and that's a very bad thing for our our, our nation that, that we have homeless vets so if you have the ability to help out during this holiday season please do and that is going to be pretty much it for episode 22 i uh, got some things coming up before the end of the year two more shows before the end of the year and going to try to make them special. Uh, I am working to get uh, Pogue and Grunt from the complaint department to come on. We'll see if they will. They're going to whine too much. I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to say, you know what, forget it. Just, just stay home. Don't bother me. But we'll see. And uh, the end of the year will be 25 episodes. That's, that's pretty cool. I, I have learned so much from doing this gotten to talk to some very cool people, people who really want to be there for veterans, people who are knowledgeable about what's going on for active duty military, people who are smart with uh, how money's being spent to fund military programs, weapon systems. I, I just can't say enough. So once again, thanks for listening. This is episode 22, and I am signing off. Travis with Oscar Mike Radio, out. Oscar Mike Radio, over and out. Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Since the one actual, I have you five by five. Anchors away, my boys, anchors away. Farewell to college joys, we sail at break of day. Our last night of shore, drink to the poem until Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that, Sinister One. Coming at you from the City of Champions, Brockton, Massachusetts.
Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio. Veteran in action. On the move, on mission, always. Off we go.